the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll have a return visit from Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld. We'll focus in extensive detail on iTunes 11, the good, the bad, and the ugly, about some of the so-called missing features and about a report this week that maybe one of those features is about to be restored. And a bit later, we'll hear from Bob, Dr. McLevitis, who came home from a vacation to find all his equipment turned off due to some sort of strange power failure. A weird mystery. We'll find out. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> so, Kirk, you're back so quickly. It seems like I was just here the other day. You know why I think you were just here the other day? That must be it. That explains it. You didn't wear out your welcome. No, apparently not. And thank you for having me back again. Well, you know what? We figured we're going to keep trying until we get it right. But let me just bring up one particular subject or two before we get into the main course, which is iTunes 11. And that is, I was watching on TV these ads from Amazon about the paper white. <laughs> and it's like you're in an alternate universe because you were telling us on last week's episode and in your blog over at com that the backlighting is very erratic, very irregular. Of course, you don't see that on the TV ads. It's bad enough you see these on the web ads on their site. But isn't there some sort of oversight of TV ads coming from the FTC or the FCC? Um, I don't know if there's oversight. I guess if no one complains about it, then maybe nothing's going to happen. I don't think the FCC monitors all the commercials to then go in and check them. That's a huge job. Um, but yeah, I saw I saw the the article you posted on your website, and no matter where the that image that kind of image shows up in an ad, it's deceptive. Um, it's it's no more or less deceptive on TV than on the web. I really don't know if if there's any way of I don't know if you can hassle them about it. Maybe you should try and make some sort of gra- grassroots movements to, you know, truth from Amazon. We want truth from Amazon or something like that. Well, you know what? If you don't buy the product and I'm going to buy the product, I really don't care in the sense of how it will impact me. I only care about the people who buy the product and find that's less than advertised. That's the big deal, really. Well, that's what's going to happen. But as we talked about in the last show, I think people's expectations are lower and they're willing to accept that things aren't as they seem. And of course, I don't like that. I don't think it's a good idea. But if people don't complain, then they don't complain. Well, we don't know how well Amazon's doing. They say that they're doing very well with it. They never give any numbers. Well, it's certainly not a source of profit to Amazon because they're selling the things for about the cost of manufacturing. Maybe there's a small profit in them. But the big issue about that is the fact that they hope you will buy into their ecosystem. You will download videos, you will buy ebooks, you will go online and buy a new TV set. You don't have a choice. The only you you can download books in Mobi format and put them on the Kindle, but the only place you can buy ebooks for the Kindle is from Amazon. So they have a lock on that. Unlike and again we mentioned this last time, unlike Apple, who sells books for the iPad and the iPhone through the iBooks app, but who also opens the platform to apps from Amazon, from, what is it, there's a Nook app, and there are several other reader apps. Right, you're not locked into buying your books from Apple at all. And this is one of the things about the platform that people don't understand. They think you've got a complete lock-in. 
because Apple is the only provider of the apps for the iOS doesn't mean that some of those apps don't give you other options, such as, for example, the Amazon Kindle software. Also, Google has several different apps for the iPhone. As a matter of fact, there's going to be an iOS mapping app from Google that's supposed to come real soon now. So if you yeah. don't like the way Apple did it, you think Apple screwed it up, they screw the pooch, it's not what you want, you're not stuck, you're not locked in. No, there are several Google apps. As you said, there's a, G, there's a, a Google Plus, there's a Gmail app, and there are probably a bunch of... There's a YouTube app, because Google owns YouTube, um, and there are many others. So no, Apple, Apple really can't prevent these other companies, because that would be an antitrust violation, I would think. That's now, a big a- issue right there. You made the point there. The fact Amazon is, can, because as long as they don't sell apps, they can't turn anyone down. They have an app system. Well, they only do for their Kindle Fire, but not for the, not for the other Kindles. The Kindle Fire is technically a tablet. It does so much more than just reading books. But the Kindle Kindle, or either the regular, I guess it's the Kindle Touch and the Kindle Paperwhite now, um, they don't have apps. So Amazon can't refuse anyone because they don't allow anyone at all. And as far as Amazon is concerned, though, it's a pretty good deal. Certainly, you could take advantage of Amazon's ecosystem. You can subscribe, for example, to Amazon Prime and get free shipping, which is actually a pretty good deal if you buy something like, you know, once or twice a month from Amazon, you buy a book, a physical book as opposed to an e-book, or you buy some cosmetics for your wife or your significant other, or you buy a computer or something. That's a deal. And if you, you lock into Amazon's ecosystem, you can still take advantage of Amazon's products on other platforms. Amazon doesn't discriminate in that way. Yeah. Do, do you only get free standard shipping? I get free next-day shipping with Amazon Prime it here. It depends on the item you order. Okay? Just about everything here is next day, unless they source it from the UK or Germany. Um, because here in here in Europe, Amazon has a network of all their stores. So if I want to buy books in English from Amazon France, they may have some of them in stock in France, but other ones they'll actually ship from the UK. Um, there are other things that stores that um, marketplace sellers can have Amazon ship for them, which is what? Fulfilled by Amazon, they call that in the States. And they could be in different countries too. So you might be ordering something that's coming from Germany or England, and it'll take two extra days. But anything now, that, that might be France, the issue here. That might be the issue because we did end up ordering something from Amazon, something that's related to beauty, a right. beauty product for my wife. And that there, it went out standard, not second day. Okay. Whereas Don't here, me to pretty, explain pretty much everything is next day. And they're pretty good about it. Um, I've never had any packages come late. Sometimes they come in the afternoon instead of the morning. They say they're supposed to deliver them before noon or something. Um, and sometimes the delivery people are just overloaded. But I've never had a, a package from Amazon miss a day. And I've been using um, the equivalent of Amazon Prime here since January. Um, and, no, it's, it's quite good. I, I give Amazon a lot of kudos for what they do in terms of distribution and logistics. Um, I, I'll criticize their misleading advertising. But here, where there's not a lot of competition, um, they have good pricing, things in stock, quick delivery, you know, not a lot of complaints. I would like to – I really wish they would do streaming movies because they don't do that yet here. Oh, okay. I haven't tried any of their streaming movies. I don't know how well they work. But technically, being a member of Amazon Prime, I am entitled to streaming movies, so I should take advantage of it. You should check them out, yeah. There we go with Amazon. And, of course, the other 
product that we see advertised so much that actually is going nowhere is the Microsoft Surface Tablet, the Surface RT. And that, according to NPD Group, barely a blip in terms of sales. Microsoft has said they're modest. It was a published report that originally they planned to build four million of them for the holiday season. Now it's down to two million, but that doesn't mean they're going to sell two million. I think they'd be lucky to sell a million. I don't know. I have or fifty. Well, I haven't seen it. You know, they're only selling that in the U.S. Um, I just kind of think that Microsoft isn't the company that knows how to do that sort of stuff. Um, I, they just—they seem to not really get what people want. You know, we saw with the Zune how how detached it was from what people wanted in terms of an MP3 player. Um, so yeah, you know, they'll sell a few and then it'll disappear and it'll be forgotten and they'll move on to another new sort of clippy type thing and then we'll have things to laugh about, right? Well, they're not going to laugh about Windows 8 if it doesn't take off and PC sales are really down in the dumps. Windows 8 is not helping, but then you have all these crazy convertible swivel upside down tablets that they're trying to sell. doesn't work. What works is talking to Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, let's talk body language. You know, when meeting in person, we express so much through the raise of an eyebrow, a nod of agreement. These simple gestures help us communicate more effectively and get positive things done. That's why I recommend go to meeting with HD faces. You can meet face to face with colleagues and clients no matter where they are. Go to meeting takes simple online meetings a big step forward with the highest quality HD video conferencing. Share how GoToMeeting allows you to easily collaborate with your team. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, once again, neighbors, use the promo code PODCAST. Try GoToMeeting. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Use the promo code PODCAST. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237.
This is a high Christmas priority for the survivalist on your gift list. For a very limited time, MyPatriotSupply.com is offering 30% off a special Christmas preparedness package. Now through December 14th only. Stuff a stocking with a preparedness package that includes a 72-hour, 16-serving food kit, an emergency quick stove with four fuel discs, plus a five-pack of replacement fuel discs, two Life Straw personal water filters, one magnesium fire starter, a four-pack of waterproof matches, and a $25 gift certificate to MyPatriotSupply.com. Regularly over $140, but now only $99. With free shipping to the lower 48, only from MyPatriotSupply.com and only through December 14th. Hurry to MyPatriotSupply.com or call 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. Merry Christmas from MyPatriotSupply.com. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for long and healthy life. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. With Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. We talked a little bit about other subjects, and maybe we'll talk about one or two more. But really, the main topic of discussion is Apple. And, of course, Apple has overhauled, I guess we call this a major overhaul of iTunes. Probably the first really, really overhaul since iTunes first came out so many years ago, what, over a decade ago. And what we're seeing here is, originally with iTunes, every version would have more stuff, bloated, more features, and everything like that. And here they kind of refined everything, removed a few things, maybe a few too many things, and hopefully made it better. But there's one feature that they restored. We recently heard, as of the day that we're recording this show, we recently heard that Apple told uh, Walt Mossberg of the Wall Street Journal that they are restoring the Find Duplicates feature, which was removed from iTunes. Now, this is very strange. It's a feature that was in the edit menu. They have the code, so all they did is they just removed it. You know, removing something is relatively simple. Putting it back is relatively simple, easier. They're not writing new code for it. Why would they have removed something like that? And then why would all of a sudden they be bringing it back? I have an answer, by the way. There were a lot of things that were removed and that didn't necessarily make sense. I got an email from someone who I respect 
regarding iTunes who said basically he's wondering if they released iTunes last week so they didn't have to say, hey, we need another month to finish it and if they're going to make more changes over the next couple of weeks or couple of months or, or whatever. There are a lot of things in iTunes that were removed and we'll get into that a little bit later. If they're going to start bringing them back because they're seeing that people are unhappy about it, that would kind of surprise me. What might have been here is they had the deadline. They said it's going to take another month. A month later, they say, okay, we've got it 95%. It's working pretty good. But several of these features are not really functioning the way we want. And maybe that was duplicates. They said, you know what? There's a couple of weird bugs. We don't want to introduce something and have it really work badly because people are already attacking us for maps and other problems. So let's hold that back and bring it back in a maintenance update a few weeks later so we meet the deadline and then we make it better. I'm just guessing. Yeah, that, that's kind of weird because this is a feature that's been in iTunes for several versions. I don't remember when it was initially introduced. That they would remove it. I mean, every time... Unless they you, want to make it better. Well, that would be surprising. It's a pretty limited feature. It does what it does, but it's not as good as a third-party solution like Dupin, which is an app by Doug Adams, um, the guy who makes all the great Apple scripts for iTunes. It's not new code unless some, something in the app changed the way the duplicate results came up, which is possible. And as you say, that caused bugs. Maybe they pulled it at the last minute, and that makes us wonder what else they pulled. We'll talk in a, in a few minutes about my review. I'm pretty negative about a lot of the changes to iTunes, but one of the things that I've noticed on the Internet in general is a lot of people are complaining about a lot of the things that were removed. Well, as a matter of fact, before we get into the positives, okay. You want to start negative? That's I want to start negative. I want to go to the half empty as opposed to the half full. So okay. let's look at things that were pulled and maybe describe why. So, of course, duplicates was pulled, but Apple's going to restore it. So we kind of think they didn't just make a decision to remove it and then change your mind two weeks later or after Walt Mossberg complained about it. This was something in the works. They had to pull it for the last reason. And remember also, when you have a feature in an application that maybe is something you've used for a while, everything interacts with everything else. So maybe some kind of unknown bug that's existed in the duplicate feature, suddenly it interacts with something else and causes a problem with the new version of iTunes. I don't know. It, it's I'm, possible. I'm the, the find duplicates feature is just a search. It's just basically looking for you know multiple items that, that match certain criteria, basically artist, album, song, that, that kind of stuff. It's not a very complicated feature, but maybe the way the program works, as you say, somehow something's a little bit different and they were finding it didn't work. It's really, really easy when you're compiling an app to just remove a menu item. The code could still be in the app itself, but the menu item's not there, so you can't invoke the command. It's that simple. And what they do is they fix it and once it's fixed, they re-invoke the menu command. Of course, you yeah. can think that hackers would want to go back in there and see if they can bring it back. It's not that simple. There has to be a way to call it. If there were a way to call it through AppleScript, we would know already. Because, again, Doug Adams, um, as soon as iTunes came out, he checked the AppleScript dictionary. And there's no other way to call a feature like that. It's not the kind of thing. It's not like a hidden preference or something that you can just turn on or off. Okay, so in this particular situation, we don't know whether the code is still there or not, but you can't use it, so it doesn't matter. Okay, right. another feature that was removed, cover flow. Well, and I wonder about this, because I mentioned this over at Craig Crossman's Computer America the other night. And that is, didn't Apple lose a patent lawsuit 
for CoverFlow where they are asked to pay something like $600 million. And CoverFlow is a big feature, and it's something that is being used on the Mac OS, being used on the iOS, and suddenly it's gone from iTunes. Why? Well, I just did a quick Google search. Um, Apple paid $625 million to a company for infringing the patents, and this was in October 2010. But then they were awarded a patent in 2012. So this doesn't look oh, – no, the judgment was reversed in April 2011. So Apple didn't um, end up having to pay that. So no. Apple claims that people didn't use it. Now, I know for a fact that people did use it. Personally, I don't like it, but I, I – get enough emails for the Ask the iTunes Guy column for Macworld, and I hear from enough iTunes users to know that people were using it. I've seen on Apple's forums, notably, a lot of people complaining about, you know, this was a view that I liked. I think that Apple removed it because they wanted to simplify the views overall. You basically have three views now. Coverflow kind of clashes with any of them because... Coverflow is a combination of two types of views, one with the sort of carousel of the album art on the top and the other with the list on the bottom. That sort of double view doesn't fit with the logic that Apple is using in this version of iTunes. So it was a matter of artistic decision there. That's what I think. I think that in order to make something a little bit simpler, simpler is not the word, in order to make something a little more coherent from a design point of view, they didn't want to have yet another view, especially something with moving parts, you know, with the, with the album art that, that moves in the carousel. Now, there's an article, as a matter of fact, in CNET where they list features Apple killed off in iTunes 11, and we're covering two of them so far. Of course, duplicate songs, cover flow, top two, and also iTunes DJ. Tell us about that iTunes DJ is a feature that evolved from what was called Party Shuffle originally. And the idea was that you would select a playlist or your entire music library and Party Shuffle and then iTunes DJ would extract a number of songs at random and play them. And the idea was that you're having a party and here's your playlist and everything comes up at random and it's easier to use than a single playlist because you can add songs to it easily. Um, When they introduced the remote app for iOS, people who had iPhones or iPod touches could could connect to your library and add their own requests to the queue. We'll get um, into more was, of this in a moment. We okay. have Kirk McElhern joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Rising food prices, extreme weather, political and economic uncertainty. The one lesson learned by those who lived through Hurricane Katrina, if you're counting on your government to show up and take care of you in the event of a major disaster, you just might have to wait a long, long time. Will your family be ready in the event of an unexpected disaster or disruption? The best step towards preparedness is a quality, storable food supply from Dry Harvest Foods. Dry Harvest offers healthy, high-quality, storable food that you can depend on. Our food packages contain real meat, real butter, real cheese, with none of those cheap ingredients like soy protein substitutes. Dry Harvest has the highest calorie count per dollar in the industry, so you can feel confident and ready in these uncertain times. Some people worry. Others prepare. Call Dry Harvest Foods at 406-587-4181 or visit callnow.org. That's Dry Harvest Foods, 406-587-4181, and visit callnow.org. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl live. We're focusing on iTunes 11 
the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we're looking at the glass half empty kind of approach here, where they got rid of the duplicated feature, they got rid of cover flow, and iTunes DJ, which seems to be a feature people liked. So why is it gone? A lot of people liked it. Um, as I was saying before the break, you could add things to the queue from the remote app on an iOS device, which made it kind of interesting. You, you could have, for instance, you could be in a restaurant or, or a bar. You could be in a, 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 an office or something. And you could control the queue from your iPhone and never have to go to your Mac. And you could keep adding music like that. So it was a pretty useful feature for a number of things. Personally, I would use it often during the day to queue up music that I knew I wanted to listen to that day. And then if I wanted to switch to something else, I would go play another album, and then come back to what I'd put in the queue. Now, with iTunes 11, we have something new called Up Next, which doesn't really reproduce that. It is a queue of a different kind, which you can add things to and reorganize and all that, but you can't switch to another album and come back to the queue, and you can't sort of, you, you can't fill up the Up Next queue at random with just music from your library or music from a specific playlist. So it's, lim- it's more limited compared to iTunes DJ, yet in my opinion, it's, it's a lot more practical for most uses. Um, I know a lot of people will miss iTunes DJ, but I kind of like this up next feature. So why would Apple change it? Well, okay, my, my theory is this, that the changes we've seen in iTunes 11 are changes to bring the program, to make the program more a program that you use to play music and listen to music as opposed to organize your music library. Now, I'm not sure that this is the right direction to take because more and more people are using mobile devices to listen to music, but a lot of the things in iTunes 11 are more designed for your use when you're sitting in front of the computer. And so this up next feature is something that is prominent. It's There's an icon at the top of the iTunes window that is an icon in the new mini player. Um, it's something that you can access relatively easily, assuming that you're playing music on your computer. Now, again, is this the future of iTunes? Aren't people putting stuff on their mobile devices? Um, I, I had a friend over a couple of weeks ago and we were listening to music and what we did is we took my iPhone and we would search for music and play it through my iPhone with AirPlay, so play it from my library to the iPhone to AirPlay onto my Apple TV, we didn't need to sit in front of the computer to do any of this. Um, So adding this sort of a feature to the computer software just seems a little bit anachronistic to me. Uh, What can I tell you, man? Anyway, Apple does what Apple does. Yeah, there are a lot of confusing um, changes in iTunes 11, which make one wonder what the direction, what direction Apple's taking with this. Okay, um, now there's another one that's mentioned in the CNET list, and I'll use that as a source material because I did when I had my discussion on the Computer America show. Gapless playback editor, and that is where you can adjust the space between tracks. So, for example, if you have Pink Floyd or the Beatles where you have instantaneous jump from track one to two to three etc or the moody blues or something you can adjust that although according to this report the fact is that gapless playback still works but you can't tweak it explain um well i don't know what they're talking about there's no such thing as a gapless playback editor um now what i understand from reading the internet about this is that there are very few people who understand what the gapless playback tag was. 
Apple removed the gapless playback tag. It was a tag that was available when you selected songs or albums, um, and it said gapless album, in fact, is what it was called. Um, you would say that this was a gapless album, and this was only used for one very specific usage. And no one on the Internet other than me seems to understand this, and it's not hard to understand because Apple has a technical document, and I've got an article on my website where I, I link to this. Um, the gapless album tag was only used if you use crossfade playback. So crossfade playback is something in the playback preferences of iTunes. If you turn this on, every time one song goes to the next one, they're going to segue. And you can choose the amount of time, let's say five seconds, for it to segue. Now, if you have something set as a gapless album and two tracks follow... In other words, track six and track seven from the same album, iTunes would not do the crossfade and segue. That's the only time this tag would ever have an effect. It has nothing to do with live shows, and I'm looking at the CNET article. It has nothing to do with big 70s concept, concept CDs you might have planned on ripping. It has nothing to do with gapless playback in iTunes. iTunes still plays gaplessly as it has for years. Um, it's misunderstood, and I've seen a number of articles on major uh, media outlets that get this totally, totally wrong. Multiple windows. Does that mean that with iTunes 11 you can only open one window and you can't spawn other functions in other windows? Yeah, um, and in particular, Dan Frakes of Macworld told me that he always leaves three windows open. Um, one for music, one for his apps, and one and for the And one iTunes to bring store. in the bees. No, I'm joking. I don't know that one. Um, but he was immediately disappointed. I never used multiple windows a lot, but I did sometimes, and it was practical. Um, why would they take it out? I think they're trying to get people to see iTunes as a full-screen app, and in that case, you can't really have multiple windows very easily. All right. So, yeah. There you go. Now, quoting the CNET article, the other sidebar, you know, the one on the right. The one that was called the iTunes sidebar, which gave genius recommendations and, and links to the store. Um, it's not so much that they took it out. It's that this information is available in different places. It makes sense to get rid of it. The sidebar was ugly, and it took up a lot of space. Um, when you clicked on a song, it would change. It, it would be distracting. And that information is available now. Um, the store information is available in, in a certain view, and the genius information is available from a contextual menu. The final criticism is about the way they changed the mini player, that you don't have yeah. all the controls front and center like you did before. They, they took out two things that I would really like. Well, one thing I'd really like to see and the other they sort of hit a little bit. Um, they took out the progress bar, and it's kind of useful because if you're listening to a podcast like, you know, the Tech Night Owl Live, and you want to know how much time is left, or you're listening to some live music, you want to skip over a drum solo, um, the progress bar lets you do that. Now, the volume control is there. When you hover over the mini player, you click on the airplay icon, and then you have a master volume control. My guess is that Apple realized that people didn't change the volume that often from the mini player. Um, it's an additional click to get to this master volume control. So I, I don't really consider that a big deal. But I do think that the progress bar is, is a problem. I think what they should do, what, what they should have done is um, had, the, the way the mini player shows now, it shows the name of the song and the artists that are currently playing, they could have had that cycle to a progress bar back and forth, you know, five seconds each one. 
Um, I, I, the progress bar for me is useful. So, yeah, I do miss that. So in the interest of simplicity, maybe Apple made it too simple? I think it's a design decision. Um, I think they didn't like the way it looked. Um, because the, the previous mini player didn't have album art, and this one does. Um, you hover over it to see the controls, whereas previously they were visible. When you look at the previous mini player, it looks, frankly, like something that was designed in the 1990s. Um, and the new one is much more modern. So you know, they could have stuck the progress bar in and made it not look old, but they didn't. That's all I can say. Okay, now the sidebar on the left is hidden by default unless you go to the view menu and choose show sidebar. And that brings up an interesting change which can bring upon us a very fascinating discussion about the future direction of the OS X interface and where Apple made changes that weren't so user-friendly. In fact, didn't make a whole lot of sense. And we're going to have to make a little bit of sense right now for the show. We have Kirk McElhern. He's Macworld's iTunes guy. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Prices are for base buildings only and may not be available in some areas. This is an alert. If your business or church is building next year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. Call General Steel now for the quality and the price in a pre-engineered steel building that you just can't beat. That's right. General Steel can save you thousands of dollars with a pre-engineered steel building designed for your business or church. What does this mean? How about a 50 by 100 foot building for under $30,000? Don't pay thousands more than you should without calling General Steel first. Call 866-99-STEEL today and save as much as half the cost in time of conventional construction. Don't let rising steel prices put your project in jeopardy. Call now to lock in your price for three months. Call 866-99-STEEL. That's 866-997-8335. Don't spend thousands of dollars more than you should. Call 866-99-STEEL today. 
In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics. Life's getting better. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy for Macworld, we're reviewing iTunes 11. We talked about the things that are missing. Now we're talking about the changes. So when you start iTunes 11, the sidebar on the left is not there. You bring it up with a view menu, and then you see a very colorful change. Very colorful indeed. Thank the Lord that they brought color back. When when they got rid of those colored icons in the sidebar, and and the previous sidebar background was darker as well, um, so the gray icons on the darker blue were just impossible to, to view. Now, Obviously, the speculation is that, well, if they brought color back here, that means we're going to see them in the Finder soon, and I certainly hope so. I really, really miss having color as a sort of visual landmark in the Finder. Um, I missed it in the iTunes sidebar, and it's very good to see it back. I kind of think it's going to happen only because Apple wants to be somewhat consistent here, and if they do it here, there's no reason not to do it in the Finder. They don't have to wait for OS 10.9. All they have to do is make the change in the next maintenance update. They could, and, and make it an option to turn the color on and off, maybe. I don't know if they would actually do that or just impose it. They didn't give an option with iTunes. Well, they um, didn't give an option when they turned off the color. 
No, of course. They never explained course. it. They never justified it. Well, they didn't need to. Uh, no, but it's a design decision. They wanted that flat, monochromatic look, and now they've gone back to realize that flat and monochromatic is bad. And it's not just the colored icons for the, the different libraries, music, movies, TV shows, etc. It's the colored icons for folders and for playlists and, and all of those. And it makes a difference. It makes it more lively. And in fact, the new iTunes is a lot more colorful all over, in part because of that, but in part because of the way you can view things in different ways. Now, looking over iTunes, stem to stern, I brought back the sidebar. I want my sidebar. They can't take it away from me. I I use it too. Okay. Uh, I'm used to it. From stem to stern, looking over iTunes 11, what do you think are the most important features? Now we've talked about the negatives, now we're getting into the positives. What do you think is the most important feature to you? Well, important in scope is the new album's view, and I'll say why it's good and why it's bad, and why it's surprising. In fact, there are three things to say. It's good because it's visual. It's a mosaic. It shows album art, assuming you have album art. It's bad because you can't resize the icons, and this is bad for two reasons. One, if they're too small for you and you want them bigger, you're you're just out of luck. And two, the size of the icon truncates the titles of albums and artists to around 20 characters or so. I'm looking at my screen now, and I don't know. I'm on a 27-inch display, so it's about, let's see, 12 icons by 7. And very few of these albums' titles are not truncated. I'm looking at a lot of classical music. So if I scroll down and I get to more you know, rock and pop, because um, it's all alphabetical by artist, then I'll see some things where the titles do fit. But there are so many that are truncated that makes it a little bit harder. Why confuse people? Why limit what they can see? What's surprising about this is we've seen the trend in recent years, and everyone's talked about it, not only in music sales, but in the way people consume music, the way people listen, that people have moved from the album to the song, that people don't necessarily buy albums as much anymore, that they buy individual songs or two or three songs for an album, from an album. And what Apple's done here is said very clearly, we think the album is what counts. So when you look at these icons... Whether you have a single song or 20 songs on a two-disc album, they all sort of have the same value. They're all a single icon with some text underneath. So if people have a lot of songs in their library, it's going to look the same as if they have a lot of albums. I would kind of like to see some sort of a visual cue to say how many items are behind each album graphic. Now, I wouldn't want to see a badge with a number. That's not really attractive. But some way of maybe a shadow that's a bigger shadow if the album is thicker, quote unquote, you know, if there's more in it. I think that conflating songs with albums in this sort of view is odd. The other thing might be here that the music companies want you to buy the entire albums. They don't like you buying just a single. I don't think Apple cares about that. They're selling enough music. Sure. No, I don't think the music company is going to make Apple change iTunes. Well, but the emphasis is on the album. So somebody's artistic decision says, we can't see the full title of the album. So the Beatles' white album is the Beatles' white dot, dot, dot. Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band is Sergeant Pepper's Lone with an L. Yeah, and, and it's even worse for, for classical music because the standard sort of iTunes tagging is composer name dash 
work title or album title. So if you have a long composer name like Tchaikovsky or Rachmaninoff, you may get one word from the title and you have no idea what it is unless you've seen the album art enough to remember what it is, which isn't always the case with classical music. Classical covers are generally a lot less abstract than popular music covers, and you're not inclined to remember them the same way. Um, Actually more generic. Well, it depends. Sometimes you'll get like famous paintings or pictures of buildings or, or pictures of the composers or things like that. But it's not always enough to indicate exactly what is in that particular album. So one thing that they took away, and, and this is something that goes with what I'm saying about the difference of song and album. There were four views previously. There, were, there was a list view, which we now have under the songs view, although it's slightly different. There was an album list view which is gone. There was a grid view, which is what's the album's view now. And there was cover flow view, which is gone. Now, the album list view was touted a couple of years ago, maybe with iTunes 9, as being really practical. What it was was a sort of a list view, but with album art in the left-hand column, you would see the number of lines for each one line for each track, because it was one track per line all the way across the screen. And you would instantly see, with with a sort of a separating line between each album, you could tell how many songs were in it. By default, album art wouldn't display if there were fewer than a certain number of songs. Depending on the size of the icons, it could be, I think it was seven or five songs. So if you had a single song, let's say you were looking at your Beatles music, and you had a single, or you know a two-song single, it would show up, and you'd see that it's just one or two songs, and there wouldn't be album art if you were in the standard view for album art. And that was a very good way. You could take a glance. You'd immediately know how many items are in an album. Now, they got rid of that view, and I'm disappointed because that's the view I used for most of my music because it did have that sort of subtle visual reminder of what is in the album. When you look at a book cover and it's flat, you don't know how thick the book is. And when you turn it on a slight angle, you see the thickness and you know how long it's going to take you to read, you know, more or less. And in that album list view, I could look at an album, I'd say, okay, I know that there's three songs here or 12 songs there, and I know it's going to be about this much time to listen to it. They've removed that, which was, the, in my opinion, the most useful way of looking at music, to not only see the album art, the name of the album, the names of the songs at the same time, but also see how much was behind a certain graphic. You almost have to go to Songs View and sort by album. The problem with Songs View is it's just one long list, and there's no separation between albums, and you can't display album art. So you look at that, you scan it for for 30 seconds, and you just go numb. So I think Songs View is something people aren't going to use. All right. Now, what they did add in this album's view, which is kind of nice, is what I think they call it expanded album view. So if you click on an album, a single click, a whole section opens below it, and you see the songs, well, you see the name of the album and the band, and a rating and a couple of control buttons, and you see each song, title, rating, and time, and you see these in a couple of columns. It could be two columns if there's not many songs, or it could be as many as four or five. And what's interesting about this is, by default, the color of the text and the color of the background use the dominant colors of the album cover. So I'm looking right now at The Cure's Three Imaginary Boys. So, so right now I'm looking at an album called Three Imaginary Boys by The Cure. Um, the background of the album cover is pink, and there's a refrigerator and a lamp and a, a vacuum cleaner in front of it. So when I click on the album cover, what iTunes does is it shows this wide section with a pink background, because that's the dominant color in the album, and black text. 
it's interesting because it means every time you click on an album, you're going to see some different colors, and it puts a little bit more variety into the way you look. Now, unfortunately, this doesn't always work. Let's see. If I take Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's Brain Salad Surgery, it's a gray, it's a blue-gray album cover, and what iTunes does is it makes a black background with white text. Not necessarily the easiest thing to view. Let me scroll down to, let's see, let's find something, because some of, some of the colors of the text are particularly hard to see, and I'm going to try and find a good example. Hmm. I saw one the other day where it was, oh, it was a Radiohead album. It was the one I used in my screenshot, um, where the text was yellow, and it was really, like, bright and odd. As you can imagine, finding the right example may take a few moments, so we're giving our guest a little bit of leeway on this. We've okay. got Kirk McElhern, lots of action to talk about because we're dissecting every nook and cranny and every cranny and nook of iTunes 11 trying to figure out what Apple did right, what Apple could have done better, and perhaps there are a few things Apple could have done better. There's always something that Apple could have done better. We'll have more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. My name is Josh. One World Way is the best in the market, hands down. I'm in the U.S. Navy, and I live a very active lifestyle. Being a vegetarian, it's hard getting all the protein I need. I tried the vegan protein powders, and I just wasn't feeling any change. The Meathead Supplement Store whey protein kind of worked for a bit, but it left me feeling bloated, and my digestion seemed to slow down. By some divine stroke of luck, I heard a commercial of One World Way on the radio, and it struck my interest. I have to tell you, I am so glad I got it. I have been taking it for a week, and the results are amazing. I don't feel tired when I have to get up at 4.30 a.m. I look and feel better. I recover faster from my two workouts a day. When I don't have time to eat good food, I take it, and I don't feel the urge to stuff my face for hours. I got up this morning, and I looked the leanest I've looked since high school. I can go on and on. The best I can do to repay you is buy more and tell my friends. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWHEY.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Kirk. 
Kirk McElhern joining us on the Tech Night Out Live, putting together, taking apart iTunes 11, just recently released. Kirk? Yeah, so I've been scrolling through my library and looking for, for things, and here's another one, the Rolling Stone Stripped, where it's a blue-gray background and black text. There's not a lot of contrast, and it's not very easy to see. Some of my classical albums, depending on the colors, they could have like a, a red background, and white text. It, it seems that iTunes gets the dominant color from the edges of the album art. I'm looking at one in particular, a recording of Alfred Brendel playing some Schubert. as a picture of Brendel against a red background. He's in the center, and iTunes is picking up the red background, presumably because it's on the edges of the album art. So sometimes you'll see something, and the color is just odd, and it makes it hard to read, like yellow text on a, a red background or something like that. But again, as I said earlier, overall, it does put a little more variety into the way you look at things, and that's not a bad thing, in my opinion. Okay. All right, so we're seeing here where Apple could have done better. So even when you have a feature, it works great. There are ways to do it better. Now, I did notice one thing as we were talking. If the album cover has only one song, when you click once on it, it plays the song. Okay. For any album, if you double-click, it both expands it and starts playing the album. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. I found a very bad one that's a good example. This is an album called Chimes of Freedom. It's a sort of a, it was a benefit album for Amnesty International. And it's, let's see, 46, it's four CDs worth of Bob Dylan songs covered by other people. Now, the dominant color on the edge is red, so it gets a red background. The song titles are white, and the artist names are yellow. And the combination is horrid. The yellow against the red and the white, it's just, it probably could give you seizures. Well, okay, so don't do that, ladies and gentlemen. If you tend to suffer from seizures, listen to what Kirk says. You know, Apple could be sued for giving people seizures. Mm, I don't think so, but, you know. So let's look at the two other views, the artists and genre views. These are interesting because they display columns. If you click on artist, you get a column that starts with all artists, compilations, and in each artist in alphabetical order. And then you click on an artist, you can see their music. Now, there are a couple of problems here. The first is that when you look at an artist's music, the albums are sorted by title, and you don't have a choice. I generally like to sort my music by year because that's how I remember what different artists have recorded. So if you look at the Beatles, for instance, you get Abbey Road first, which you know is far from the first album, and you go all the way down, and you get Yellow Submarine last. Well, Abbey Road, curiously enough... I think was the last album recorded, not the last album released, but you're sorting them alphabetically, that's why. Right, so it comes first, yeah. And then the White Album comes next, because it's called the Beatles' White Album, and then Beatles for Sale, so it, it doesn't make any sense. The second thing is that this, the display of the tracks and columns is similar to what we saw in albums, in expanded album view, but without the colors. So you click on something, it doesn't change anything. Now, genres view is the same thing. You get a column of genres, you click on one, and the problem there is that everything is sorted by artist and then by title. You can choose how you want to sort it. You can choose to sort by artist, title, year, or rating. So when you're in artist view, you have a column on the left, and what you can do is you can click on an artist name, and you can see all of their albums. And you get, a, uh, you get to choose the sort order. Um, if you press Command-J, you get a tiny little view options window. And you can sort by year, title, genre, or rating. And you can change the artwork size in this view. 
Now, again, um, this isn't the sort of mosaic view that we saw in the album's view. Each album is displayed here with the artwork on the left and then the, the different songs in several columns. The same as in, there's a genre view which is similar. So in this case, you select a genre, um, you see everything in that genre, and you can either sort by artist, title, year, or rating. Unfortunately, you don't have two sorts, so you can't sort by artist and then year to see... For instance, um, I've got my pop genre with the Beatles. Um, I've sorted by the Beatles, but I can't sort by the Beatles by year. So in this case, I see Abbey Road first, whereas in artist view, sorting by year, Abbey Road is in its right place near the end. One notable thing that was removed is before you could uh, you could use the column browser and these artists and genres columns are similar to that and in the column browser you could choose to list composers which for classical music fans is essential and you can't do that anymore and in fact iTunes 11 is very unclassical music friendly because it's only based on albums artists and genres um, the only way you can use the column browser is at the top of the window in songs view and as I said earlier songs view with no album art and no separation between albums is extremely hard to to use now just another issue to point out here it seems to me maybe apple's problem is that all the people who work there really love rock music and pop music but not so much classical because you're describing effects that tend to be more classical unfriendly you, you can't say that no they don't like classical music that's that doesn't make sense because they sell an awful lot of classical music through the itunes store um no, it's it's just that this is not who they're gearing the program for. And, and I think it's unfortunate because it's not that hard to provide these options that would allow classical music fans to get more out of it. Um, it, it you know, they had this before with this column browser that was available in every view and that you could choose to, to a column with the composers. So the fact that they took it out is just saying, you know, it's not so much we don't care about classical music, it's saying we don't care about classical music fans so much. It's almost a difference without significance. Yeah, no, I think I think I think that they they're trying to make iTunes simpler and by simplifying it they're removing a lot of the features that the people with the larger libraries and the larger music collections uh, are missing. And this is one of the biggest complaints I've been seeing on the web, um, and a lot of people aren't going to upgrade because they're used to these more complex features that help them organize their music. Um, a lot of these people are musicians. They're people who work in radio stations. They could be people who have you know, a library of sound effects or loops and, and you know, um, uh, what do you call it, royalty-free music, all sorts of things like that. And these people can't manage their music the way Apple has designed iTunes 11. Now, I had also heard there are problems for people who have really large music libraries. If you have over 25,000 songs and you have, what, 400,000 or something? That could be no, a my current library is about 65,000, and the big problem there is searching. Um, and, and I did a, uh, I filmed a search in progress from the mini player uh, and put it on my website, and it takes more than 30 seconds. I, I typed the word shake, S-H-A-K-E, which could look for Shakespeare or the Grateful Dead song, Shake Down Street or a whole bunch of other things. Or shake, and took, rattle, and roll. Or shake, rattle, and roll, of or course. shake your booty. Um, and it took more than 30 seconds to get um, search results. And this that is sounds on like a, optimizing the app a bit more, that's all. 
Well, I don't know because when I tried again on a smaller library of 37,000 songs, it took about eight seconds. And people who tried on smaller libraries around 25,000 said it only took a couple of seconds. So it seems that there's a sort of, um, what would you call it, a logarithmic increase in time as the size of the library increases. This isn't a good thing because, uh, again, in Apple's forums, a lot of people who have large libraries, and granted, we're not we're a small percentage of iTunes users, um, but a lot of people are saying that you know it just makes their computer unusable. Um, uh, one person with a library, I think, one hundred ten thousand tracks, said it basically just froze his computer. And so they need to work that on problem that. with previous versions of iTunes. No, with iTunes ten, it was uh, I would get a beach ball at most for a second or two. When you run into this problem, do you check resources? activity monitor to see if resource use, memory use, whatever, is spiking at this point? Yeah, I did. And you can see CPU usage, but I've got 16 gigs of RAM in in my Mac Mini with an i7 processor. So it's certainly not a computer that can't handle basic searching in an app like iTunes. Um, So if you say that iTunes can't handle the truth or the truth about libraries over 25,000, Maybe there are things that Apple could do to make it faster, performance enhancements with larger libraries. You'll see that's the kind of thing you often see in the maintenance update, you know, the 11.01, the 11.02, addressing that. They shouldn't be releasing an 11.0 if there are problems like that. (laughs) Are you kidding? We have Kirk McElhern, author and raconteur, and the iTunes guy. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of three million dollars the answer to protecting your assets is simple call john ballman today at 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero call 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold that's 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 
American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ships same day plus all orders over $49 ship free mypatriotsupply.com is american owned by patriots like you passionate about freedom and preparedness call now 866-229-0927 that's 866-229-0927 or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at mypatriotsupply.com choose the original choose the survival seed vault at mypatriotsupply.com Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery, to say no and try heart and body extract instead has been, thankfully, the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. I gave a little bit of laughter. Do you remember laughter? Yeah. Kirk McElhern, we were talking about the fact that iTunes 11 chokes on large music libraries when you do a search. And is wondering, well, they shouldn't release that. Of course they should. They promise it at the end of November. So maybe no, there's 200 bucks. at the end bucks. of October initially. So. Okay, so they asked for a second chance. They're not going to have a third chance. They want this thing out before December 1. So what do you do? Okay, there's a few more bugs handling large music libraries, restoring the duplicate function, that kind of thing, they'll fix it in the mix and get out 11.02 shortly. Well, large libraries have always been problematic, but there was a period, I think it was iTunes 8, when they changed the structure of the library file, and it made a very big difference. Libraries became a lot more rapid. There's still problems, you know, with iTunes 10, there were still problems, but there are limits as to what they can do just because the way the iTunes database works. This said, um, I've seen a demo of a product that runs on Linux that can handle a database of 300,000 tracks and do searches almost instantaneously. Um, So there's no reason Apple can't do this. One thing that they did do that surprised me, especially because, you know, we don't have uh, optical drives in most new Macs anymore, is ripping CDs is noticeably faster. Now, 
I had seen some people talk about this on the web, so I ripped a few CDs today. Now, you know that when you rip a CD, it starts on the outside of the CD, and, and it goes to the inside. So the actual amount of data being read in decreases as you go in because it's spinning at a constant speed. But the speed that you see in iTunes is going to increase, right? So it's an inverse thing. At the beginning, I would get about five or six X. So that's five times, um, what, what is one X for, for a CD? Remember when we used to buy CD players, one X, two X, whatever? What, whatever it is, it's the basic amount of data that can be moved. I think it's the, the, the amount of data that's moved when you're playing a CD as music. And at the end of a CD, I would get about 15, 16 X. And today I ripped some CDs and it went well over 20 X, which definitely shows an increase in Basically, increased iTunes is processing the data more efficiently. It's reading the data off the CD. That's not necessarily a bottleneck if you have a, a fast um, optical drive, but the bottleneck is the processing of the conversion from the, the audio file that's on the CD into a compressed audio file. All right, so in some ways it's slower, some ways faster. Still pretty typical. What other features you want to focus on this remaining segment? Well, let's see. We've talked about the views, which I think are the, the, the most obvious features. There's a new way of creating playlists that's kind of nice. Um, now, the only way you can see this, of course, is you have to hide the sidebar. We talked about that sidebar on the left, and if that sidebar is visible, then you don't get to see this new playlist feature. So if you hide the sidebar, this little navigation bar at the top, which says songs, albums, artists, genres, videos, also says playlists. And if you click on that, you'll see your playlist in a sort of sidebar to the left. And if you click the add button, um, if you click the new playlist button, you get a new type of playlist display. Now you get sort of three panes. Um, on the left, you see artists or genres. In the center, you see the content of the selected artist. And on the right, you see the name of the playlist. And the bit on the right is, is an actual sidebar that takes the whole height of the window. So you can drag your songs into the playlist and you can reorder them. Whereas before, what you had to do was drag them onto the playlist in the sidebar on the left, which is a very small target. It's just the height of the text of the playlist. And then when you wanted to reorder the songs, you'd have to click on the playlist to go there. Now you can do all of this at the same time, and when you're finished, you click Done, and you save your playlist. It means that it's, it's much more practical. You can navigate your library, drag the things, move them around, see how they fit together. And when you finally decided what you want to do, um, at that point, you just click done and you've got your new playlist. Made it more flexible. They made it especially easier to use for people who aren't used to um, creating playlists or who just found this small target, which was basically just, you know, as I said, the height of the text, a, a little bit hard to hit. Now, if you do display the sidebar on the left, you can still create playlists and drag them onto the, the, onto the names of the playlists as you did before. Um, but if you don't display the sidebar, then you have this option to use this new playlist creation feature. Now, looking at the way iTunes 11 is now, do you think of any feature, forget about what was taken out, consider what's there, what else would you need? Is this it for you, the perfect application? Um, I don't think we're ever going to have a perfect iTunes. What would I want to add? Is that your question? Right. Um, I'd want to add more flexibility in the views, uh, as I said earlier. So that's partly things that were taken out, but it's partly things that could be added. I can't really think of anything that would make that much of a difference. Um, I can't think of a new type of view, for example, um, that would make any sort of a difference. Um, 
Yeah, that's a tough question. What would I want to do to make it better? Um, I don't know. I'd like to see it. I'd, I'd like to see the performance issues dealt with rather than the cosmetic issues. Um, but other than that, no, I'm I'm pretty. I'm I'm very negative about the changes about the the sort of backpedaling in the ability to view your music and organize it efficiently. Um, but I can't see a lot of changes. Maybe maybe the question you're asking, you're expecting me to say, I want iTunes to be split up so the store is a separate app and syncing is a separate app. But I strongly disagree with that because then you're using three or four or five apps to do all the kinds of things um, that you were doing in one app. And it doesn't make a difference that it's all in one app or not. We've discussed this in the past. Um, so, no, I, I think iTunes is... They've got – everything is, is set so you can play your music and organize it, create playlists and smart playlists, sync your iOS devices, go to the iTunes store, buy things, add things, rip CDs and all that. All of that works really well. Um, the problem is they need to be more flexible and understand how people want to view their music so they can organize it and choose what they want to listen to. They need to talk to their customers more or just look at the feedback? Well, they can look at the feedback. Um, I don't know if I would suggest they need to talk to their customers more. I don't know how much they do talk to their customers. I mean, they don't talk to me. That's obvious. Um, well, there's a reason for that. They don't like you. I'm joking. Uh, it's very possible that they don't. You know, when when there's something I don't like, I criticize it. Um, but I think I'm generally pretty fair as far as, far as iTunes is concerned. You know, I, through this throughout this show, I've said what I think is good and what I think isn't good. Um, I'm not well, going to just fine. diss that's everything. Fine. I don't think... There's an issue there. I think the point is here is that Apple has a major release here. They made a lot of changes as a result of which there are going to be quirks. There are going to be updates. There will be things that have to be fixed, but hopefully this is a platform for the future where iTunes can grow, live long, and prosper. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of the stuff that you do? Well, if you're interested in iTunes 11, you should check out Macworld.com, where I've got a very long review of the program. Um, check out my website, McElhern.com, where I've got a number of articles about some tips and tricks for using iTunes. Um, I did a podcast with Chris Breen this week for the Macworld podcast talking about iTunes. So we talk about some of the same things that you and I just talked about. Um, and you'll find me on Macworld regularly, in particular the Ask the iTunes Guy column. That works for me. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. And thanks for having me again, Gene. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. 
the site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey Water Filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey Water Filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey Water Filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Thomas Jefferson once said, When the people fear their government, there is tyranny. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. Our God-given right to life and liberty and the right to determine what is best for our lives and our family's health are in jeopardy. If we the people do not diligently assert these rights, they may be taken away and lost forever. Utopia Silver is known for fighting for health freedom, and we will not meekly allow ourselves to be led as lambs to the slaughter, sitting passively by. And accepting the chains of slavery that are being placed on America is not an option. Please stand with Utopia Silver in this fight. Utopia Silver carries some of the most effective colloidal silver products on the market and numerous other high-quality health supplements. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A, utopiasilver.com. Or call us today at 1-888-213-4338. 1-888-213-4338. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. I have to thank Bob Levitas, Dr. Mack, for being a real trooper here, a real pro, because he's suffering from allergies. 
and he has asked me to eliminate the coughs, to become the virtual cough switch for him. I was going to ask Siri for that, but Siri doesn't understand what a cough switch is. Hold I think she doesn't understand your accent, Gene. Is that it? Well, my accent is E.T. So here we go. Let's try it. All right. Siri, where is the cough switch? Let's see. Silence. I hear the sound of silence. I found really? 15 places matching cost. Eight of them are fairly close to you. Okay, instead of cough switch, she thought I meant cost. Oh, well. I give so up. The, so you have cost stores near you? I have a Costco near me. We have a Costco about two miles from here. But I never go to it. I go to Sam's Club. It's smaller and friendlier. As much as a Sam's Club or Walmart company can be friendly, of course. But maybe they're hoping I'll give them a tip because they don't get paid very much there anymore forever. That's too bad. Anyway, so I was wondering here, I have a battery UPS backup on my equipment, and I've rarely had to use it. On a rare occasion, I do get a power outage out here. But you went on vacation, and when you came back, you thought maybe you should have had two or three going. Why? Well, my office was black. Um... And it turns out my office, I don't know if you know much about how houses get wired, but my office was on a single circuit. So all of the outlets in my office went to one circuit breaker in the in the electrical box. And I uh, apparently have more stuff than the circuit is rated for. <laughs> so um, Why I was, am I not surprised? I was running it pretty close to the theoretical limit. And I had been saying for a while to my wife, it would probably be a good idea to drop a new circuit in my office so there's two so I could divide the load up. But everything worked for a long time, like 20 years. Wait, big surprise. But I guess the straw broke the camel's back while we were in Florida. And I came back and the entire office was dark and going to the circuit breaker, which usually worked, didn't work because the uh, the switch that I needed to flip was just flopping there like a dead fish. It had no spring in it, and it did not flick the lights back on like it should have. So uh, the electrician came, and he said, well, you blew the circuit up. And boy, you blew it up good because it melted the actual circuit breaker. <laughs> he pulled it out of the box, and it had a little bit of melt on it. So they ran two new lines, and now I have three circuits in the office, and I think I should be okay even in the summer. But I lost uh, several pieces of gear to the whatever it was. Now, it could have been a lightning strike, for all I know. It could have been just a power surge, and it could have just been uh, a piece of my gear asking for a little more power. I don't know, you know, I wasn't here to see it, but something happened. What kind of gear did you lose? Well, here's the thing. I've got a big UPS, one of these, you know, like five-hour UPS. It'll power stuff like displays and hard disks and computers. And most of that was plugged into the, to the UPS. So my hard disks, with the exception of one, uh, which was connected elsewhere not to the ups my hard disks my computer and my monitors are fine my printer was fine even though it's not on on the ups 
but I lost a network router and a cable modem. That's not unusual. A couple of years back, I had a power outage at a previous residence. And guess what? Of all the devices I had hooked up, it was the cable modem that died. And I understand that this is not just common, but um, if there were lightning in the area, it's possible for it to hit the cable modem and not uh, the power lines in the house. It's, it's a different circuit. And so it could have happened. I don't know what happened, but it was a pain because I came back and most everything worked after we got the power back on, but I couldn't get the Internet to come back up. And first I thought it was my airport extreme, so I replaced it, and that didn't fix it. So then I had to go wait in line and and wait for a new cable modem. The bad news was the cable modem was fried, and once I replaced it, that fixed everything. And uh, Time Warner gave me a new cable modem, a new kind, a Doxis 3. Doxis 3, that's the one that has some kind of channel bonding so you're able to get higher throughput if you have the speed level in your area. Supposedly. When she handed it to me, she swapped it out. I went to their uh, trade-in center and swapped it out over the counter. She said, this should be faster. And guess what? It also has a wireless router built in and and a four-port switch. (laughs) So I kind of got, you know... um, more or less a replacement for the airport extreme that was that was marginal. However, I hooked up the one that I thought was fried after I got the new cable modem, and it works. So I returned the one that I had just bought to replace it, and everything is up and running and has been for a couple days. So I feel pretty lucky, you know, it... Uh, I didn't have any major loss, and the one piece of gear that really got wiped out got replaced by Time Warner for free. So, I and you said to me, was there something you could have done? And and the only thing I can think of was I could have had another one or two UPSs and had all of the networking gear and everything else in the office connected to that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> Let me ask you a silly question here. Would it have made more sense to shut everything down when you left? It would have, but I have some stuff going on that that uh, I wanted to let run unattended for a week. I like all the backup systems. This was a good test for them. I wanted to see when I got back if all the logs told me that all three of my backup systems I'm testing ran when they were supposed to, you know, unattended for a week. So I was kind of experimenting. Yes, you're right. It probably would have made sense to have shut everything down. That does uh, present one issue when I'm on the road, though. I've found that every so often I forget something I need, and if this computer's running, I can log into it remotely and get what I, you know, the file I need. Because I am not a laptop guy. Um, my laptop's only when I'm on the road. Ergo, I need to, you know, make sure that I bring all the files I need. Sometimes I don't use it for weeks on end. And so, you know, I I have found myself in a hotel room needing to get on my computer at home. And if, of course, it's shut down, that's not possible. All right. Well, of course, you just have to plan better. 
but well, at least you have the rewiring done. Was any insurance coverage provided for that kind of thing, or you just have to hand a check to the electrician? I just ended it. I didn't even. I didn't even see if it was covered because uh, I'm pretty sure. I probably shouldn't say on the radio, but I'm pretty sure it was my fault. I had too much crap connected. Excuse my French. You know, I had like five power strips in here in three outlets. I have an air conditioner. I have a printer. I have a neon clock. I have a bunch of uh, speakers, amplifiers. I have stuff that draws pretty good uh, amount of current and, and, you know, 10 hard disks, each with its own power supply and phones and lamps and, oh, man, just there were five power strips in three outlets. And it, it just... It was an accident waiting to happen, and I'm glad that the only damage was a little bit of uh, char on a circuit breaker. It could have been a lot worse. I'll tell you what, with all that stuff running, I sure hate to see his electric bill. Must be a whopper. We have Bob Levitis, Dr. Mac, joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockaways. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockaways lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack of the Rockaways is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. 
In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. You know what happens to your digestive health around the holidays? Right. Unusual schedules and foods you don't normally eat can cause upset stomach and indigestion. But you can prepare your digestive tract with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse from Terragonics.com. Pro-EM-1 is all natural and made with certified organic ingredients. It contains no genetically modified ingredients or preservatives and has no animal products, wheat, soy, dairy, or gluten. Pro-EM-1 does not require refrigeration, so you can take it with you over the river and through the woods to Grandma's house. Pro-EM-1 supports a healthy, regular digestive system, supports weight loss, and improves absorption of food nutrients. Improve your digestion and keep off those extra pounds with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse. Call or click Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Toll free, 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics. life's getting better. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So the question is here, did Bob just put too much gear in his home office? Well, evidently he did, but we're glad everything is working perfectly now. And nothing's flickering. I don't smell char drifting over from the junction box. It's all good. Oh, it sounds terrific. I'm glad everything's working. Okay, let's cover some of the news and views in the Mac universe. There's a story, by the way, this week that T-Mobile, the fourth largest wireless carrier in the U.S., has inked a pact to offer, quote, Apple products. They don't say which ones. To offer Apple products in 2013. So if you like T-Mobile and you don't like AT&T and you don't like Sprint, you don't like Verizon, you'll have a fourth option coming next year. Wow. I'm going to be shopping. My contract, my two-year window, I think, comes up next year. And I am going to shop because uh, although AT&T hasn't been horrible, I I don't think they've been terrific either. And I think I'm going to look for either a better deal or a more reliable service, particularly locally, but also when I travel. Well, as far as AT&T is concerned with me, it's been okay, but we're living in another place now. With me, after moving to this new location, I do find a few areas where AT&T fails a little bit. Now, where I live, there's no problem. AT&T is pretty good where I am right now. I'm getting fairly decent reception just looking at it here. I'm getting three bars, so that's pretty good. Okay, 
Yeah, I get three bars with AT&T at my house, and it sometimes gets even four bars at my house. But uh, I can drive a mile or two from here, and there's at least one absolutely almost every time I drive through it, dead zone, right on my path to wherever I'm going. And there's a couple others, and I've had it, you know, out of town. I've had, you know, no signal in places. Well, my wife was at a doctor yesterday. And in that doctor's office, from the time we entered the office, even outside the building, everywhere in the office, we got either one bar or no service. So I don't know that there's going to be anything better, really. I mean, I think maybe Verizon has better nationwide coverage and maybe they have better 4G. I don't know for sure. But I don't think, I don't think that Sprint or, or uh, T-Mobile have the same kind of footprint nationally for their 4g or at least not yet but i'm not ready to look yet i will look at whatever's available whenever it becomes available well the thing we should also point out here is the fact that with your former cdma carriers like sprint and verizon wireless you don't have simultaneous voice and data that might be a problem somewhere you know, and that I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the one thing that AT&T does have going for it that I use pretty frequently. I'll be talking on the phone and I'll look something up on the Internet or I'll find, you know, get directions to somewhere. And I think uh, it might be the, the deciding factor for staying with AT&T. The other thing is price. You know, I'm on, I'm grandfathered for unlimited data on all four iPhones, on my whole family. So you're a grandfather is what you're telling us. Not yet that I know of, but as far as my data plan, yes. And I'm not sure I'm, I'm ready to give it up. And only Sprint, as far as I know, has an unlimited family data bucket thing going. Doesn't T-Mobile, though, have something of that nature? Well, I don't know that T-Mobile will be selling iPhones. We have that agreement. The implication being, if you're offering Apple products, it has to be an iPhone. You think? See, I think it could be uh, iPads, and if it were iPads... Well, iPads doesn't make much of a difference unless Apple has a specific version for their service. Doesn't T-Mobile have a weird, different service? Yes, but supposedly they've gotten a hold of more Spectrum, and they're updating that to make it more compatible. So that weird frequency thing is less of an issue. Okay, well... That's the claim. I mean, this is 2013, that this is supposed to happen, so we'll have to see. I did get a press release that, like, if you have an unlocked phone now, you can use it with other services like T- uh, Virgin Mobile, I think, was one, and something else. Cricket. So, you know, if you're willing to pay the premium for an iPhone, there are other carriers that you can get service from, but I don't know how that works. I haven't tried it yet, and uh, I don't have an unlocked iPhone around. I guess when when they expire from their contract, maybe one of them could be unlocked and I could try it. I understand that's what they'll do. If your contract is over, they will unlock your iPhone. But you have to bear in mind that you're paying, what, an extra $400 for the device if you buy it without a subsidization? I'm thinking more in terms of existing iPhone going off contract. You know, what else do you do with them? Uh, The truth is... You can sell them, and and I'm always surprised at how much they go for. If you look at places like Gazelle.com that buy used Apple electronics, I'm always a little surprised how much you get for a used iPhone. But 
that makes sense since they can then be unlocked and redeployed and their original price is much more than you know what we pay listen that's a good deal too that you can sell your old iphones there are also ongoing rumors year after year that maybe just maybe apple will produce a really cheap iphone i have the new ipod nano here i was playing with it for a review and it it's got a home button now, and it's got a touch screen. So I, I've been showing it to people and saying, look, I got a prototype of the new iPhone mini. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You know, it's kind of the same shape, but smaller. Nobody's bought it yet, but I keep trying. And have you tried any of the other companies' phones, like Samsung's and all that, or no HTC? You know, when I got the iPad mini, I went and tried a bunch of other tablets. Phones are tricky. You know, the thing about a phone is it's a big commitment to review one, especially if you're not willing to have it switch to your main mobile line so you use it. You know, if you're forwarding stuff to it and you're trying to use it for text messaging and stuff, not having your stuff in it, it's difficult. Plus, uh, you know, I don't think any of those guys would give me a phone to use. They know the kind of person I am, you know. Well, I've asked Nokia to send me a Lumia 920 with Windows Phone to try. And they sort of say, hey, yeah, we'll do that, I guess. And they never really get around to doing it. (laughs) It's just like asking Microsoft for a Surface tablet. Now, Microsoft is spending, what, 100, 200, whatever, million dollars promoting Surface tablets. Now, if you watch the commercials, you think the Surface Tablet, what is it good for? Clicking, clicking things together, the keyboard cover and, of course, the device itself. So it's good for clicking. It's good for dancing. Maybe I don't know how to dance, really. So maybe if I bought myself a Surface RT, I know how to dance and jump in the air and do all sorts of stuff. Break dancing. Or if this case, of course, if I tried break dancing, something else would break and it wouldn't be my legs. It'd be my head. But that's the thing. So I, I did ask Microsoft to review a Surface, and they mostly say, well, we don't have any now, and maybe we'll let you know if and when we do, possibly vaguely. <laughs> they they don't say possibly vaguely, but that's the vibe. I'm not even on that press list. For some reason, I don't get any information from Microsoft about Windows stuff. Well, they gave I, me Windows 8. I guess I, I've said Windows stinks enough times publicly that they've taken me off the windows anything lists well you have to think though if you look at the reviews of windows 8 even the people who like windows are saying it stinks well i went and looked at it and um i have to say i like the idea of a tablet that that's a laptop or a laptop that's a tablet or an ultralight notebook that's also a tablet. I think that's a really cool uh, configuration. But I don't think that any of the stuff that I've seen is very good. Now, without going into extensive detail on this, yes, I got the copy of Windows 8. Yes, I use Parallels Desktop to run Windows 8 to get a sample of just how it is. The basic performance, by the way, Bob, and I know you've probably not tried it all that much, basic performance is pretty decent. I have to say that. Microsoft has optimized everything, seems to start up with reasonable snappiness. On the other hand, 
The other kind of snapping I'd like to do would be to the computer that runs this thing, because it just doesn't work all that well. You don't have the flexibility. You don't have all the multiple windows that you can open in Windows 8 unless you go back to the desktop layer. And then what's the purpose of having the modern user interface if you're just going to run it like an older PC? These are the questions that try men's minds. So basically, the concept is interesting. The execution is flawed. The execution is never flawed with Bob Dr. McLevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carding to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Who wants to be disease-free, full of energy, and vibrant health? Two reasons you may feel constantly tired and run down could be that your body's acid level is high and your pH level is low. How does acid enter your body? A cup of coffee, a sandwich, tap water, stress, and cell phones. Plus, your own body produces acid on a regular basis. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize the water you drink and raise your pH level. They promote more oxygen in your system, higher energy potential, and many other documented health benefits. And studies show viruses bacteria and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops is the least expensive and the best pH level product you can buy. Order AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com spelled A-L-K-A Vision.com or call 800-518-7615 that's 800-518-7615 Alkalize your body, supercharge your health with pH Drops from AlkaVision.com Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Bob Dr. McLevitis, who's a real trooper. He's got allergies, and he was fearful he'd be coughing up a storm. But we haven't had the storm, and we haven't had the coughing. In fact, I got into a coughing fit, maybe sympathetic pains or something like that. We've been talking about the problems he had when he went on vacation and came back and found that one of his circuit breakers was fried in his home. It was an accident possibly waiting to happen. We were talking about whether or not Apple is going to have an iPhone on T-Mobile. That's implied in the T-Mobile release. We kind of think it's not just going to be iPads, that the real thing is having the iPhone there, and that would be an interesting development because... Right now, with AT&T, of course, always being rated last among the top four. 
in terms of wireless carriers, you have to think you'd like to have more alternatives. <laughs> They're in the bottom four. They're the bottom of the four. That's right. You have four, and the bottom is AT&T, and Verizon is usually on top, and Sprint and T-Mobile share the rest. And that's really bad. You have to think here that AT&T has had to have spent, what, billions of dollars to modify their network. They also, as a matter of fact, tried to buy T-Mobile. That fell through. Supposedly, they're using that money to build out their network. So when's it happening, folks? This year, next year, next century? We'll see. Like I said, when, when I get to the point when I'm like at the end of the two-year period for my four family iPhones, I'll look at what's around and see if maybe it makes sense to switch. But I have a feeling the grandfathered unlimited data for 30 bucks a month is, is going to be unbeatable. And that will last even when you become a grandfather. Well, who knows? You know, um, AT&T, I think, has done everything in its power to induce me to give it up. For example, if I want to use the wireless hotspot feature on my iPhone, I have to forsake my unlimited plan. Why should thou forsaketh thy grandfathered plan? And they will count the waves, and we'll see what happens. They'll count the shekels is what they'll count. They always count the shekels. That's it, folks. That's it's all right. about the shekels. Speaking of shekels, Apple continues to make lots of shekels, but for their stock on Wednesday, it fell like a storm. Because apparently the Wall Street investors haven't been taking their antidepressants lately. And they look at this report, I guess in Digitimes, saying that Apple will be ordering less components in the next quarter. So therefore, sales must be down. Of course, they're ordering less components because this was the quarter where they had the product ramp for the iPhone 5. And therefore, next quarter, maybe they don't need as many parts. They've ordered them ahead. And I don't know. Wall Street, I can't figure out. Except on the next day after the Tim Cook interview came out, he's being interviewed by NBC, Fortune Magazine, and all this other stuff. All these interviews came out with Tim Cook, and suddenly the stock price starting to get back up there again. I don't really follow Apple stock. It, it really has little, you know, people say, why did Apple stock go up? Or why did Apple stock go down? And, and it really has very little, I think, uh, link to reality when the price of the stock goes up and down. Uh, I think that it's speculation about something that either will or won't happen in a month or two. And, and so I never, I don't have the answers. I have no idea. Do you remember in the early days of Macs, when you bought a Mac, it was made, what, in Illinois, California, or in Ireland, I think? And of now, yes. of course, they're all being built in Asia, but maybe not, because there have been reports some people have purchased new iMacs, the 2012 iMacs, and some bear the label, assembled in the USA, and it's not just throwing a few parts together. I gather that the government has like 40 pages of instructions about when you can say a product is assembled in the USA before you're allowed to use that label. So this is interesting because Tim Cook says next year, one of the Mac product lines, and I'm going to predict which one it is, by the way, in a moment, one of the Mac product lines will be assembled in the USA. Apple will be spending $100 million to make that happen. So what do you think? Well, uh, I'd say... Mac Pro, maybe? Great, insane minds think alike. I think that's the one because that has the highest margins. Built and in. that has 
the, um, I think, easiest assembly. It's got a bunch of sub-assemblies and no monitor, so you're not shipping glass with it, which I think might be, you know, might be another reason it would be easier to build here. You're not integrating the display. You've got lots of room inside there for soldering. Apple is building a huge facility in Austin. Um, They broke ground, and they're being very quiet about it. There's no signs or anything, but they're building three or more buildings, and they're going to have thousands more employees here. I don't think this is going to be assembly or or any kind of manufacturing, but there there could be another one like it somewhere else in the country, and we'd never know. They're very quiet about it. Yes, but you have to look at it this way. In Austin, that's a good place for support. Isn't that what Apple has there now? Yeah, I think it's uh, support and sales. There's also a published report saying that Foxconn, which is spread outside of Asia, they have a plant in Brazil, they're considering having a plant in the U.S., and that could be the thing there because Apple, or at least Tim Cook, said they weren't going to build it themselves. They're going to work with other people to build it. And there's some other things about what Tim Cook says, which we could analyze and have a little fun with. He says it's not so much the cost savings, because, you know, by the time you ship these things here, some of that cost savings is gone. A lot of that cost savings may be gone. It is having the engineers here who can do the complicated production, setting up the production lines, and doing it promptly enough so Apple is able to build a brand new product in six months or a year. Because the manufacturing processes in which they're engaged now for the iPhone 5, for the iPad mini, for the new iMac, they're very complicated. And they take weeks or months to ramp up. And right now the iPad mini still has a bit of a backlog. If you want to get a 27-inch iMac, you have to wait three or four weeks. These are complicated processes. And I don't know if you want to take that as an insult or what. But in Asia, they can get this together pretty quickly. Here, we'd have a problem. Well, I think they're used to it in Asia. You know, they, they do it a lot. And in big quantities. You think that's it? Just setting up the production lines, they know how to do it there. They've Very been quickly. doing it a lot for a long time. That's and one yeah, thing I Tim Cook said also. The time factor. It takes them a lot less time to set things up there. Because they do it all the time, and they do it all the time on a big scale. You know, they're doing lots of consumer electronics products. The iPhone and iPad aren't the only complicated electronics they're assembling over there. Right. They're assembling the Amazon Kindles and the Google Nexus and all the other stuff. Exactly. Sometimes in the same plant. Probably. But... That's a trend. Already, of course, Apple is assembling things here. You know, the A6 chip is being built in Texas, I think, right? Don't they build the A6 chips in Texas? Oh, they wouldn't say. (laughs) Right. So you have to think about that. They're doing things here, and Apple claims they have 80,000 employees, but they claim they're responsible because of the developer community and the stores that carry Apple products and everything else and the accessory makers, that they're responsible for 600,000 jobs in the U.S. Okay. How many in China? I don't know, 12 million? <laughs> don't China, want to China would go bankrupt without Apple. China would close. <laughs> you think they that's it? They didn't have Apple. No, I'm kidding. 
I'm no, sure. seriously, if Apple built everything here. Well, it would be a blow to China, to the Chinese economy, but I think they'd survive. But isn't it also true as salaries increase? And you know the syndrome. Right now, the average salary of a factory worker in China is now $2.50 an hour. And that represents a huge increase over what it used to be. So they're basically paying what we would have paid in this country for a factory worker, what, in 1950? So they got like 50, 60 years to catch up with us. Well, and, you know, if you remember correctly, that used to be why stuff was made in Japan. We know that. We saw how that ship sailed. We have Bob Dr. McLevitis joining us for somewhat more time on the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com day. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources. December 7th, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 1697.30. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1739.41, 869.70 for a half ounce, or 434.85 for a quarter ounce. That's 1739.41, 869.70, and 434.85. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. For all women and men who wish their fingernails were harder, this Christmas, wishes come true. Introducing Nails of Steel, a new revolutionary nail hardener. Nails of Steel puts muscle into your soft nails with a creamy, rich, natural herbal formula that is antifungal, hypoallergenic, and biodegradable. Just massage a drop of Nails of Steel over your natural or polished nails and go. With Nails of Steel, there's virtually no drying time. Within the first week, you'll notice your nails getting stronger to eliminate breaking, chipping, splitting, hangnails, Nails and fungus. Nails of Steel makes a great stocking stuffer for women or men. And right now, get three one-ounce bottles for only $74.95. That's about a $5 price break on each bottle that'll last you for months. Visit nailsofsteel.com. That's nailsofsteel.com. Nails of Steel. It's like a salon in a bottle. 
healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables, and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Bob, Dr. Maclevitis joins us. We kind of segue this discussion to the possibilities of an American-made Mac, and we both agreed separately we came to the same conclusion that that Mac probably would be the Mac Pro. It doesn't require the same level of sophisticated assembly lines. I still think, though, the next generation Mac Pro is going to be slimmer and lighter. You think, huh? My opinion yeah, I do too. Well, I mean, the existing model is huge and heavy, and I think, uh, for one thing, I think um, storage options will be different. You know, Apple's going towards not including optical drives, and that would allow them to use a you know different size and shape and certainly reduce the footprint some. I don't think they'll do that on Mac Pro. That's not the kind no, I of think they'll be. I think there'll be a bay for it, but I don't think that it'll have to be there. I think that it'll be optional. I, I think it'll be redesigned, not necessarily with you know two of those the width of the unit. I think maybe there'll be one one slot for it if you buy it, and it might not have to be you know twelve inches. How how wide is that thing? Eight inches, ten inches wide. It is very wide. Also, you have to think of it this way. Not just the size, but the weight. Remember the Macintosh 2X from, what, 1990? Yep. Weighed 24 pounds. Now, that had six slots for expansion. Of course, didn't have four drive bays. I think Apple could take the same expandability of the current unit, two optical drive bays, four regular hard drive bays, Three slots for PCI accessories, that kind of thing. Put it in a box a third smaller than the existing without, without leaving anything out. That's right. Because there's a lot of air in there. There's also nine fans or 11 fans. But, yeah, I think they could give you the same lineup of configuration, ports and, and devices and internal storage in a lot less room. But I also think that they may go to uh, less internal hard disk storage because these days a lot of machines are going out the door with SSDs as the boot drive and SSD raids are the new thing they're almost affordable um for a boot drive 
and boy, are they fast. So I think, you know, the thing is with Thunderbolt, you don't really have to have that storage internal to have it fast. In fact, the Thunderbolt native stuff may be as fast as any kind of internal storage. The problem being, of course, there are only, what, five different Thunderbolt accessories after all this time? Well, but you could get Thunderbolt hard disks. You can you can use any you know modern hard disk with an adapter and get full throughput. So three uh, USB 3.0 or FireWire. So you use what you got. But I think it's not as necessary to have storage internal to have it be fast. Also, my fastest hard disks aren't the internal disks in my Mac Pro. They're the eSATA disks that are running external with a card those are the guys that are really fast well yeah but in terms of convenience if you're moving that machine around from place to place you still want to have as much had, inside as possible yeah but if you could turn it into a little cube that you know wasn't so monolithic it had to sit on the floor uh and still have two hard disks and two or maybe even more uh ssd slots I think you could build this thing a lot smaller. I'm looking at it, and it's humongous considering what's inside it. It doesn't need to be nearly as big as it is now, and I think if they're building a new one, they will build it even smaller. And maybe in the USA. Who knows? Well, when Apple says in the USA, it can't be the iMac because the manufacturing processes are too complicated. It could possibly be a Mac Mini because a Mac Mini, I think, would be simple to assemble. It can't be any of the MacBook Pros or MacBook Airs. Again, complicated assembly procedures. But What about the Apple TV? Well, the Apple TV, sure, they can build those here. That's and fine. we should ask about that. You know, there's that statement from Tim Cook in the interview where he says that when I go into my living room and turn on the TV, I feel like I've gone backwards in time by 20 to 30 years. Cook says this is an area of intense interest. I can't say more than that. But he said a lot, didn't he? Did you hear that Apple tried to buy TiVo at one point? I heard about it. Have you heard anything that confirms that? No, I haven't. But it makes sense to me because I have a TiVo. And it is, uh, it's the best of a bad bunch. But it, it really is, you know, very Apple-like in its intelligence and what it tries to do. With, with its extra space on its hard drive. It tries to keep the hard drive full of stuff you might like, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. Otherwise, if you just have a DVR, unused space on the hard drive is unused space and just sits there empty. Explain this that to our listeners here. Now, understand, TiVo is kind of like the DVR you get with your cable or satellite provider in that it has a hard drive to store the stuff that you want to record. Okay. Basically replaces your cable box's DVR. Right. You now, what is about it that it tries to keep stuff on there? Does it gauge what shows you want and guess which ones you want to record? There's thumbs up and thumbs down. First of all, when you tell it to record a series, it makes a note of that in its intelligence and says, oh, well, you like Family Guy and you like Workaholics and you like South Park, so you must be a sick puppy. And you'd probably like these six shows. <laughs> and it just records stuff like I, I watched a James Bond movie and gave it a thumbs up. You, you know, the remote control has a thumbs up. So when you're watching stuff, you can say, I like this up to three thumbs up or down. 
and it learns from what you like. So I watched a James Bond movie one day. I gave it three thumbs up. And one day I was looking at what it had saved for me to look at in my spare time, and it had taped another James Bond movie, which is good. You know, I mean, had I thought about it, I'd probably have taped another James Bond movie. So it, it, it gets stuff like if you tape one episode of a series, it'll tape other new episodes of that series, even if you didn't subscribe to the whole series. When it gets full, it starts throwing away the oldest stuff that it got for you that you didn't ask for to make room for stuff that you've asked it for. In a perverse way, that sounds almost like the logic Apple's using with a fusion drive, which combines solid-state and a traditional hard drive, and the stuff you tend to use most often tends to go onto the solid-state drive, other than, of course, the operating system and everything like that. This invents stuff. This, like, goes out onto TV land and says, oh, you liked I Love Lucy, you probably would like The Honeymooners, and, and tape Honeymooners episodes and fills up the hard disk with stuff like that. It says, here's some stuff I suggest based on what you've liked in the past, and, and it's very good at it. So this so is kind he, of like the genius from Apple. What I like is I'm never at a loss for something to watch, even if there's nothing on right this moment. I, I know that either I taped something or TiVo taped something that will interest me. I want to show you our age here. I use the same term he does, taped. But you're not really taping anything. It's going on to a hard drive. All right, I recorded the tape companies, I think, are out of business. I don't think anybody makes audio tape anymore. We have Bob Dr. Maclevitis. He's still being made. We'll figure out why on the next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition. 
satisfaction by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. Positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, hbextract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and Body Extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Bob, Dr. Maclevitis joining us. We were discussing the possibilities of some kind of major change in Apple's TV initiative, especially when Tim Cook says when he looks at his TV, he's gone back 20 or 30 years. And you think here how the mere possibility Apple would do something so spooked the TV industry. Like at the last Consumer Electronics Show, they were showing more and more smart TVs, quote-unquote, if you want to call those things smart because they stick apps on them. We had Lenovo, who makes notebook computers, suddenly coming up with a TV, and they didn't do that for any other reason other than they thought that Apple was going to go there. I don't think Apple is going to make TVs. It's one of those rumors that's been going around for a long time that I just think sounds a little off to me. You know, the the big screen HD TV business is a commodity business right now and prices are are spiraling downward i mean every time i walk into costco or best buy or or fries or any place 
I'm, I'm startled at how cheap 50 and 60 inch and, and even bigger uh, flat panel HD TVs are. And, and so I'll give you I, an example of this, by the way, because occasionally I've reviewed products from Vizio. Vizio is an American company founded by people who used to work with Gateway, and they build their stuff in Asia, and they incorporate normal generic technologies, and they're able to basically come up with LED smart TVs for less money than most everybody else, and they're among the top two or three TV makers as a result. So they now have something called the E-Series, which is a very thin TV, and I saw one in the stores, and it's got a great picture, 50-inch TV set for $600. That is really, again... That's on sale. It's normally 700 but it's a good set. I mean, it's not 3D. Okay, but who cares about 3D? Nobody watches 3D. But if you compare this, it's got a pretty wide viewing angle. The picture is really sharp, bright and crisp. Six or seven hundred dollars. How do you miss? Um, you don't. You wait. You wait till Costco has it, and it'll be five fifty. No, that's where they go. They go to Costco and also to Sam's Club and Walmart. That's where they go. That's where most of the people who carry this product. Yeah, well, Vizio Vizio never wins first place in any of the shootouts, but they generally get called out for having a good quality product at a very good price. What they are is they're amongst the top 90 percentile. I mean, if you look at the picture side by side and everything's adjusted properly, and you say, you know what, let me look at this. You know what, the quality difference is, ah, I can barely see it. You know, if you're an expert, you're working for a magazine, and you're working for a magazine, you say, you know what, now I'm going to look at this, and I'm going to want to have everything perfect. But that perfection may be something that you can barely see, unless you're the TV expert. As you say, good enough. And, you know, if you can get 90% of the quality of the best, most expensive TV sets for half the price... And if you're looking in your living room and you're sitting eight or nine feet away from the TV, you're not going to see the difference anyway. All right, consider the differences here from one TV show to another, from a live show to a recorded show, from one movie to another. Those differences are far more vast. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And so for most people, uh, here's the thing. Apple can achieve the same effect by without building big hunks of glass that are expensive to ship and hard to store and you know i I don't think their stores are equipped to sell big screen tvs Uh, there's a lot of reasons it doesn't fit but apple could achieve the same effect by doing something with uh technology like tivo has done where you can buy see your cable your cable provider has to offer alternatives to their cable box that they rent you they can't just say you have to rent this every month so you can get a card called a cable card and put it in a tivo to receive channels that are outside of the spectrum of of a device so you can get full functionality from a a third-party device now apple there's an exception to that though because the cable cards the original cable cards were one-way communication now, if you want video on demand and pay-per-view, you've got to have it both ways. And I gather they never came out with a final standard for the two-way cable card, did they? 
you know, I don't know because I buy my if I were going to buy a pay per view movie, I would buy it on my Apple TV. So you never get into that situation. Yeah, so I don't know if I can or can't with my TiVo. But here's the thing: Apple could cut deals with the cable operators that they could buy the box and lease it for a higher price, and people would gladly pay an extra ten bucks a month for the Apple box or buy it outside and connect it up and get the same effect. What we're looking for is the whole on-screen experience, and you don't have to build the glass to give that. Also, Apple might offer some kind of interface for the TV's menu, because one of the biggest problems now is not just your DVR, which is fairly simple to use. It is the setup menu. You want to make a change in your TV set's adjustments. It's miserable. You go in there, and it's the worst of Windows by a factor of 10. And it's worse than that because when it blows up and you have to replace the cable box, they replace it with a different system, which has different controls. Right, right. But I'm not talking about the cable box. I'm not talking about the cable box at all. The software can be updated. I am talking about the TV itself. Because the TV itself, it still has a very complicated, sophisticated setup screen. I don't think Apple can do that without building the actual TV. But all the other stuff, favorites and, you know, channel, the display of uh, TV guide stuff, you know, guide information, the way that works, the way recording a show or a series works, all that stuff Apple has better interfaces for. And you see it on the Apple TV. And I'm thinking of getting rid of cable and just spending the money, the difference, buying stuff a la carte on Apple TV. Yes, but there's another possibility, too, which is that Apple can approve a special Apple-powered line of TVs for different makers by having them give Apple the design and saying, okay, this TV set meets our standard, kind of like THX for sound. Can you imagine Apple doing that? They wouldn't do it for computers. No. But maybe for TV... Because the problem being here is, yes, you could replace the interface of your DVR with an Apple TV. But still, the actual setup of the TV is still the province of the TV makers. What if Apple buys Sony? I bet they could afford them. (laughs) No, Apple's not going to buy Sony. I mean, who even buys Sony TVs anymore? Not in the quantities they used to. But that's just it. I don't know if they do or don't, but they still probably get plenty of retail shelf space for their big screen TVs, and that would be a good thing. Pioneer, maybe, because I think Pioneer is is having financial troubles, even though they always get the highest ratings for their TVs. Yeah, but do they even have Pioneer TVs anymore? They gave up at least in their plasma TVs, didn't they? They might have. But I'm saying there might be a company that's got the retail channel that could then, you know, Apple could buy the whole company rather than license the technology and have Apple inside. Although Apple inside, you know, uh, I heard that some car makers doing it. Right. So Apple's licensing technology to the car makers. GM is going to have Siri-powered interfaces for some of their new models. And you think if Apple could do that, What's the problem of making a deal with one or more TV makers that they have a special line of Apple Power TVs, always the higher-end stuff, you know, and Apple still has to certify that the TV picture quality and everything meets whatever standards they set. But 
What you're seeing here, of course, is once you get past the picture quality, the interface will be controlled completely by Apple, as will the interface to your DVR. One more segment coming up with Bob Dr. Maclevitis on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack, attack of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the freeze-dried guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com. Click on freeze-dried foods and choose our 12-month, 6-month, 3-month, 1-month, or 7-day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze-Dry Guy. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy. 
There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discovery on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So we're discussing the possibilities on the Tech Night Owl live about an Apple smart TV, and maybe Apple doesn't do that. Maybe Apple has a souped-up Apple TV. Maybe they license technology to TV makers for premium lines of sets, kind of like what they're doing with the car makers. Apple's not going to build a car, but they will certainly get their fingers on the interface of your next car. I would like to have an interface. This will be the Levitas interface. No, I'd like to have an interface in my car to Siri. I use a, I use a Bluetooth headset, so you know I've got Siri in my pocket. But it would be nice to have that built into a car. Well, you know, a lot of cars with... Bluetooth yeah. interface, they sort of kind of work with Siri. Well, I don't have a new enough car. What do you and have? I, what kind of car are you talking about? My car is an old Audi. I don't even have a uh, auxiliary input. I have to use an FM transmitter. It's horrible. Oh, it's okay. terrible. It's the worst. It's almost like having to listen to music through a pair of tin cans strung together with a piece of twine. Slightly better. I don't have a new car, but it's a Honda, and it has Bluetooth, and the recognition is decent. Sometimes I try to have it call a number from my iPhone, and it adds numbers for no reason. It just adds extra numbers to the scene. Other times, it's perfect. Well, my car's a convertible, so it presents a certain amount of wind-based noise that, you know, no matter what I do is going to be a problem. But the FM transmitter to the stereo is the biggest bugaboo. I mean, I would just love to have an auxiliary input or better still, voice, voice control and a... I'd like to have a lightning connector, but I don't think that's happening for a while. Well, you know, the thing could be a lightning adapter, perhaps. I could use the... Yeah, if it had, if it had a dock connector, I'd be happy. I've been in cars that have dock connectors, like uh, I rented a charger... And, and in the center console was a dock connector. And when I connected my iPhone, magically, my playlists came up on the little screen in the car. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of really nice stuff by having my iPhone integrated there. And I could see that being even better. If it were integrated with a, the touch screen for the, like, um, what do they call it, navigation system. 
seven-inch touchscreen? Wouldn't that be cool? Because well, you know, I can I can send my iPhone with I can send the image of what's on my iPhone screen onto my big screen TV. Why can't I send it onto the seven-inch screen in my car? I mean, at some point, I think that'll happen. Now, in contrast, look at Ford's. Ford has this my touch whatever a touch-based system, which unfortunately is powered by Microsoft technology, and Ford has taken a really severe criticism for the poor interface, so much so that the J.P. Powers rating is down the dumps, Consumer Reports is attacking them for poor reliability, and every case, it's not that the engine is bad or the comfort level is bad or the car rattles, they're very good cars, Ford's. But when you look at the interface for their touch-based system, for their navigation audio system, based on Microsoft technology, big mistake. (laughs) Well, I have to say it would scare me to be driving a car that that is based on Microsoft technology. You wonder how it even continues to go after you hit the stop sign. And in the case of, of that one, of course, you might be hitting the stop sign. It wouldn't be reaching the stop sign. You might go out of control, especially if you have some of these weird circuits they have now where they have lane change warnings. So if you accidentally drift into the wrong lane, it gives you a warning. That's very common in cars nowadays. Also, if you get too close to the car ahead of you, it slows you down. I believe I read somewhere that two states have uh, legalized driverless cars. Fortunately, they're powered by Google, not by Microsoft. I'd be scared to death if there were Microsoft-powered cars out there with no people in them. Google, not so much. Their, Their motto is, do no evil. So, right, sure. I bl- hey, I read it on the internet. It must be true. Oh, of course. There's a lot of things I can show you on the internet. You know, I always worry, though, about people who say, well, I wrote this book about weird conspiracy theories, and I say, where'd you get your information? I got it on the internet. Well, of course, isn't that where all conspiracy theories are hatched? No, we hatch a few over on the Paracast. On the radio? <laughs> sure, we do. But isn't the Paracast on the internet? It's on regular radio stations and the Internet. We're a hybrid. We're a hybrid. Like alien hybrids, you know, we're a hybrid radio show. You're terrestrial? We are terrestrial and extraterrestrial or subterrestrial or something like that. Wow. So, So, yes, indeed. We are heard in both places. And we can bring up conspiracy theories. Plus, of course, the network we're on, GCN, their flagship act Alex Jones is one of the biggest conspiracy theories. Oh, he's the big conspiracy. Guys. Yeah, he's the king of conspiracy he's theorists. He's the king of conspiracy theories. Right. Yeah. He invented the conspiracy theory. But he's done a lot with it. <laughs> he's turned it into gold. Well, I could use a machine like that, a machine that would turn things into gold. Hmm. Where did I hear that before? You know, a few ounces or something every week, I well, would feel better. Kind of the way Rush Limbaugh turns hate into money. There is that. Same deal. This guy's turned uh, conspiracy theory into money. You could turn alien landings, alien somethings, alien inhabitings. Do you ever have people on your show who believe they're inhabited by aliens? You mean possessed? Yeah. No. You want to have one? No. We don't go that far. (laughs) We have some pretty unusual guests. But maybe that's the key. 
Right. Because I hear Rush Limbaugh is inhabited by aliens. If you could get him on the show to talk about that, that would be ratings gold. You know, Rush Limbaugh used to be a Mac user. I think he still is. No, he's not. He switched? I hope so, because certainly it, it wouldn't be a proud day for Apple. He used to moan over the fact that Apple would never advertise on his show. Can you blame them? <laughs> well, they don't advertise on this show. No, they don't advertise on my show either. All right. Well, we should consider here various plots in which to do that. Before we let you go, we have a couple of minutes left with the show. You have a book out about the iPad Mini, I assume. Well, uh, they tell me. <laughs> I did finish iPad Mini for Dummies a few weeks ago. I haven't seen a copy yet, but uh, according to Amazon, it should be available next week. And, of course, I have the iPhone for Dummies uh, 6th edition, now available with complete iPhone 5 coverage. And that's about it for now. Sounds like a lot of stuff. How do you like your iPad Mini? Do you think that's going to become the mainstream iPad? I do for a lot of people. Um it's the size is just so appealing. It fits in pockets. It fits in sweater pockets or, or hoodie pockets. It fits in purses. It, it, it just it, you can have it places where having a full size iPad would be awkward or require you to carry it in hand. And I think for a lot of people, it's the perfect size. And you don't give anything up. You know, it's not like uh, they left out features to get it small enough. It's a it's a full blown iPad, just smaller. And, and the people who say, but it doesn't have a, a Retina display, to them I say, well, for a hundred and some odd more dollars and another pound and a few more inches, you can get Retina. I'll tell you but what. I next year, the iPad Mini, the second generation, will have. A retina I'm display. Sure. Other than the books, where can we find more stuff from Bob, Dr. McLevitis? That would be at BobLevitis.com. Everything you ever want to know about me. And about anything else, My stuff. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. Once again, it's Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also check out our forums at forum.technightowl.com. And about that other show... The Paracast, all about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. We'll be talking about ancient Hopi mysteries this week with Gary David. That's at Paracast.com, Paracast.com. Bob, Dr. McLevitis, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, as always. It's been a pleasure. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.